I say, Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring. May our our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? I say, I say. Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? This morning in our dynasty, we are talking Africa culture and traditions of business. So the African culture um, and traditions of business, uh, where it comes from and uh, where we are currently in this modern day and age. Our guest is Conrad Mwanza. Now, Conrad is a businessman. He's a, a community builder. He is a life coach. Yeah, he is based both in South Africa and in London. He's the managing director of CMG International Media Group. And um, the field of experience that he's in uh, for the past 15 years is around public relations, um, communications, marketing, and uh, many other portfolios that he holds. So uh, being a person that is uh, highly acclaimed within the business space um, and also uh, being a publisher um, for Global African Magazine, we are in the right hands to get to hear about African culture and traditions of business. Let's welcome our A-team guest, Conrad Mwanza. Good morning, Conrad. Good morning, uh, Patricia. Thank you for having me uh, in this cold uh, winter morning. Yeah, okay, I can tell you in South Africa, because <laughs> I was about to ask, yes. where are we speaking to you from? Uh, when you mentioned yes. in cold, yeah, the whole country is feeling yes. it. <laughs> yes, and, and yes, I'm actually in South Africa, but I, I've always told people that I'm a, I'm a global citizen. Um, you can easily find me in Nigeria, find me in Ghana. Uh, I always call those my homes too, um, or Kenya, or, you know, or in London. Yeah, but I, 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 I like to call myself a global citizen. And thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, keep us warm um, in the hearts and tell us, um, you know, what is African business culture? And I want us to take it to the tradition first, traditional African business culture, before we come to the modern day and age of uh, doing business. Yes, and... You know, before let's speak, speak before colonization, before the introduction of a currency, we uh, Africans always been in business, or Africans have always been in business. And by that, uh, I mean by butter trade, for instance. Um, and we know from history that uh, through travel, uh, through different villages, people would trade. This is for currency, whether it's livestock, um, whether it's crops, and also if we if we look at history, you know, when, when people have harvested, they would have had mechanisms to save or to preserve stock, um, which in this modern day we'll call it savings, you know. So it's like a savings account because they have preserved their stock. So that is doing business in a way because you are preparing for next year. You are preparing for the future, so you would save, and then um, we we are familiar with the term that says, uh, again, that's 
the world by having a head of cattle, a head of goats, sheep, etc., etc. That was a way of making wealth. So in a way, it's business. You have to know that I have this pool, I can trade it, or I can even uh, to the way a time where you can go and borrow a pool from somebody, keep it in the crowd, and then to uh, uh, to give the offspring. So we always give the business for compensation and always trade it. So. That's what I could perhaps call traditional African way of business. I don't know if that makes sense. Or... Look, to try to get that. Yes, yes, uh, got it loud and clearly. Now things obviously have changed with modernization, Conrad. Um, yes. We are no longer bartering. Um, we are uh, somewhat more complex in uh, the way we are doing business. So where are we now as Africans? And uh, did the introduction of, um, you know, currency to trade in bring about a new dynamic? Yes, yes, it did. Um, and with the currency, I mean, I uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and everything. You know, somebody... Um, even made an example at one time and say we've got all the gold, all the diamonds, all the resources in the continent, but we'll get a piece of paper from the US and it's worth more than the, the gold that we have. So some people always say, how does that make sense where I've got the gold, you've got a piece of paper, but your money is worth more than mine when we have the reserves, when we have the gold. So it, it has brought in complications in terms of the modern day of doing uh, doing business. However, the interesting part of the continent in Africa, so in that aspect, is that there is still ways where people are still battering, um, and and we also see, especially in uh, West Africa, where uh, believe it or not, um, though the employment rate would look quite high, but people are doing informal, what we call informal uh, business these days. They are trading informally, uh, using even if it's using cash, but it's not going through the formal channels, which we call SMEs or informal traders, where outside the normal tr uh, tr uh, trading platforms, people are still doing business and people are living. I mean, I think there's a, 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 a in Sierra Leone, where the employment rate is less than 5% because everybody is doing business in some form or the other. So these are sort of like the modern uh, ways of doing business. Mm, I know there's uh, other companies, especially in this industry we're in, that will not call, barter, call it bartering, but would rather say trade exchange. <laughs> so yes. it, it is happening. It is happening. What can we or contra, learn yeah, from? Or, yeah, or contra. Or contra. You say contra, like where you give me a service, uh, in exchange mm. I give you a service, and there's no money exchange, yeah. So yeah. That, that is just the energy. So what can we learn from the African business culture? What we should learn, and what is important, and I, and I probably call it something that I call look beyond your horizon. Um, and by this statement, I mean 
you know, it could be in a village somewhere or a small town somewhere, whether it's in South Africa, whether it's in Kenya or Cameroon, wherever you are in the continent, look beyond the horizon. Now, what I mean by that statement is that the opportunities would lie, can, it can be opportunities that lie beyond the area you come from. So look for opportunities that are beyond your horizon. That by me, and I'll give you, I want to give you, your listeners, a few examples, for instance. Let me, let me go on the fashion side. If you look at fashion, we do not have one African brand that you can find in Kenya, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Ghana. And by the, a brand, I mean, even if we look at sports, apparel, Puma, Adidas, Nike, you do not find one brand across the continent. We don't have that. But also our numbers show that Africa is one of the biggest consumers of fashion. Uh, we spend billions of dollars buying these brands. So meaning, when I say look beyond your horizon, meaning there's an opportunity. Why do we not have our own brand that can sit next to Puma, next to Nike, and also do well? So those are the questions that people should ask as we're looking now, we would see a bit of positive, uh, especially in South Africa, there's a lot of mushroom brands, which is going towards the right direction. Uh, I can name people like Yoba uh with Patu Shoes, for instance. It's a proudly African brand. It's doing very well in South Africa. But the opportunity is also to look beyond that horizon, beyond the borders. And going into a market like Nigeria or Ghana or Kenya, it would do well. So that's what I mean by look beyond your horizon. So it's 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 quite a few uh, opportunities that I can have because we've got a, a growing youth. We've also got a growing middle class. So that's why everybody wants to be in Africa because the market is there. But this market benefits mostly the worst, the Chinese and everybody else except Africans. And I tend to challenge them. You know, I'll give you another simple example. Look at cars. Toyota, Mitsubishi, you name any brand, is doing very well in Africa. But we don't have our own African brand that can call ours, where you can also find in different African countries. So these are the challenges that I always uh, argue for Africans. Why are we? Because we are the biggest consumers. In fact, I call it a continent of consumers because we consume anything. Um, and I've often argued, and I know this I'm going through quite a lot, I've often argued, again, that if Facebook <laughs> had started in Africa, it would probably not be as accepted and as big as it is now because it is an African brand. So I'm encouraging more Africans to consume African brand on purpose so that we can improve our products and services, etc. etc. So look beyond your horizon. There is a big market in the continent. Don't look only at South Africa, don't look at your village, don't look at your town. Look beyond that. That's where the opportunities lie. Now, talking about um, the way Africans do business and what we can learn 
from the way Africans do business. You say look beyond your local vicinity when it comes to business, Conrad. But I'd like to know, what has the Africa Free uh, Africa Continental Free Trade Area Agreement um, contributed to the way we are doing business in the current day and age from an African point of view? Oh, that's a very good question, and I'm glad you asked that. Um, I mean, the, the first challenge that we always have, and, I, and I've engaged um, the Secretary-General, Secretary who is Wangela Mene, based in Ghana, and I've engaged him on this. And so the first thing that is lacking at the moment is awareness. So an average African or average South African does not know much about the free trade agreement and what opportunities lie. So there's a, a, a need for a huge awareness drive. But what this means basically, it's a huge opportunity. It means somebody sitting in Ghana can sell their product in South Africa without having to incur duty, which again, that makes it an advantage over You already given that uh, one step in terms of uh, opportunity because you, you avoid paying duty, you can trade in the continent for free, no duty at all. So it's a, it's a massive advantage for African businesses, and we, we should take advantage of that. And again, it comes back to my idea that look beyond the horizon. If you're trading uh, in whatever product you're trading with, KZN, it means you can sell in Zambia, in DRC, without having to incur duty. So, you know, duty sometimes attracts anything 15, 20% or more. So, um, it's a huge opportunity, but we still have a long way to go, especially on the awareness part. So, people are still inward looking instead of outward looking. So, my encouragement that again, looking beyond your horizons, outward looking. You know, I can give you a, a simple example. Somebody, there's a, a gentleman in um, KZN who does watches, but with an African twist to it. It's called Ellen, I think it's called Ellen Watches. But Ellen Watches means as much as he's selling in KZN, he can expand his market to cover the whole of South Africa, the whole of Sadak, and the whole of the continent without paying extra duty. So that, again, means his, his access to a billion uh, people in the continent, not only in KZN, if that makes sense. So it's mm. look outwards. There's a lot of opportunities lying in the continent. Conrad, with, with the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, right, um, the possibilities seem to be endless, but you have rightfully said that many African business people are not aware of uh, th this particular uh, initiative that has been drafted in for the benefit of Africans. Um, uh, that's been frustrated. So how can Africans start looking beyond and looking into the opportunities that are available for doing business within Africa um, if they're not being supported? by structures, yes. and there's a lot yes. of red tape still in yes. uh, conducting business. Yes, very, yeah, that's, I, I like your, your line of questioning. Um, most of it, I always say most of it is 
information uh, or lack of, you know, thereof. So it's publicity. I mean, let's let's start what you are saying. I, I've also quote something which I quote when I engage the people in government and the people in um, the AU. I've always in, encouraged them to to encourage people to travel. That's why I travel a lot because I call it intra-Africa travel. Because as you know, it's actually more expensive to to travel to a country in East Africa or West Africa than to travel to London or Paris. So I've encouraged the, the, the authorities to to make it easier to travel. Because when you travel, you you get exposed and you 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 get to see how other people do business. You get to meet people face to face in the eye and other opportunities open up by travel. That's what I believe as a, as a first thing. Let's open up the, the travel. Let's make it cheaper. Let's make it easier. You, that's why they always say um, a person who has traveled is exposed and exposure is a good thing in business. That's number one. Number two is information. Here's another example that I always say to people in South Africa, the government is trying. And, you know, sometimes we can always blame the government of doing other things. They are trying in the farming sector, for instance. Uh, if you are a, a black farmer, as you know, even if I'm, I'm being controversial, 90% um, of the output in agriculture is still controlled by white people. And it's not, it's not a blame culture, but what I'm saying, this is the sort of like the one of the factual things that we have. But the government is trying, but maybe people don't know that there are these opportunities. If you're a farmer, you are given support, especially if you're a black farmer, more so if you're a woman. You're given inputs, you, you can apply for land. If you're in the, life, in, the, in the livestock farming business, you are given cattle, I think it's the Nguni cattle. You're given about 12 to kickstart your farming journey and you don't have to repay um, uh, those cattle maybe in five years time or so. So there's a lot of support out there, but lack of information is the issue. Or again, if I'm encouraging uh, your listeners is go and find out what is happening in your in your local uh, area, what support is there in the country and in the continent. So the information is there. It's just maybe it's not trickling down to everybody and people don't know that there, are, there is support out there. There is also support uh, believe it or not, in travel, where I think it's the uh, IDC, which also encourages South Africans to travel. You're given support, whether you want to go to the continent or you want to go to China in for business, there is support where you can apply for travel. So it's lack of information uh, or lack of marketing to reach out and trickle down to the, uh, a business person or a person who is in a village or in a small town. So it's mm. how do we get this information uh, to trickle down to those people? Mm. That's well, uh, how? <laughs> that is the question. So people must just research, no uh, people must ask, must listen to Morning Bliss because we have yes. guests like you. Yes, 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 they must do that and they must research. I mean, of course, I think internet is opening up um, opportunities. But, you know, I don't want to be sober, sober about, you know, sober about everything or, or pessimistic. They, they, 
there are green shoots that are coming. You know, it's a journey. It's going to take a while. But we are seeing with the free trade agreement, that's a positive side. We are also seeing with the um, AU trying to, to do the, the to travel. And here's another uh, small controversial thing that I'll probably say, because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those topics that are, are always spoken about. And it's a mindset. Now, all big economies are usually built by immigrants. Here's a, an example. In the US, as we know, it's, it was built by immigrants. Every day, these, uh, we call them the, the, the Indians, the local Indians, they are a minority, but it was built by immigrants. Now, if you look at countries like Canada, even in this day and age, uh, on a huge recruitment drive to attract immigrants to come and work in Canada, same as the UK at the moment. If, in fact, um, UK has got a massive recruitment drive for care assistants, social workers, nurses, and you don't have to even be a qualified nurse. You, you just do a course in care, it takes about a month, you go and apply at the embassy, you're given a, you can be given a visa. So meaning, um, big economies are built by migrants. And I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, you know what, Conrad, we don't have yeah. time anymore. Our next guest is okay. waiting, but we'll give you an opportunity um, very soon again to join us and enlighten us about the opportunities of doing a business within the continent. Thank you very yes. much. How do our A-teamers uh, get in touch with you? Um, look, I'm, I'm on social media. Um, okay. uh, also, what are your handles? Yeah. Sorry? What are your handles on social media? Uh, yes, it's Conrad Mwanza across all platforms. Conrad Mwanza, LinkedIn, Facebook. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you very you much, Conrad. Have a blessed day and stay warm, right? Yes, yes, we'll do. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you.